Welcome to Recovery Guy Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Recovery is a lifelong process. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. And if this is Thursday, this is the checkup. Welcome back. And if this is your first uh, opportunity with us, welcome. We are excited that you are here and have decided to take a listen. I hope you stay for the entire podcast. I hope you have an opportunity to uh, be intrigued enough and interested enough to go back and listen to some of the things that we have already shared. Uh, Recovery Guy podcast and recoveryguy.org is a a team of um, uh, Juani Menes as the podcast uh, engineer and uh, John Barker, who is our uh, website administrator and coordinator. We all three work together to bring you this um, audio content, the content at recoveryguide.org and and how all of these pieces come together. I certainly could not do this without those uh, two men. And so, um, you know, with Thanksgiving and we're thankful for all the things that were given, I'm just very grateful to God as as he would bring to me what I need in order to bring you the content that is laid on my heart. And so a uh, huge shout out to these, to these men who are so committed to recovery and becoming whole. And, and I've, I've known um, uh, JJ about a year now. And uh, John, I actually met back in uh, 2005. So John and I have known each other for quite some time, but Again, huge shout out to these men who who make Recovery Guy podcast and recoveryguy.org. Shout out to Jay Roberts, uh, who is the videographer. Uh, shout out to Jeff Redden, who did video work as well. Everything you see uh, on our content uh, and listen to us, it's, it's, it's made up of people helping people. And again, hugely grateful for them. Again, I'm hugely grateful for you, the audience, because, you know, everyone who speaks needs to have someone who hears and applies and and to see their life change. So I'm very grateful to you as well. Uh, you know, our content is driven by the, the things that I see in life that I've seen along my way. And, and the people that I have met who have so enriched me, whether it was Pete the Greek or, or Texas Mike or, or uh, you know, Abe the Alcoholic or Slow Will or, or uh, Miracle Eddie, um, you know, you name it, men in my life, women in my life who've shown me a path of becoming well and making a difference uh, as they would in my life to equip me so I can make a difference in the life of others. You know, along the way, you probably listen to some of the podcasts that, that are up on here. You'll hear some interviews with uh, with Slow Will, with my friend Chaz. If you go to my website, you'll, you'll see a couple segments with Chris T, who has been very instrumental. Also on the podcast, we have one that is Susie Says, which is really about Al-Anon and support groups who support the men and women of addiction 
that they are involved with on the various levels. Um, I've gotten, you know, content from Wendy, my wonderful friend uh, in uh, Florida, for some of the content that we performed. Uh, uh, Angie T, today uh, we're getting contributions from Angie and so excited for that. And so thank you again for being a part of all we do. I hope your Thanksgiving is wonderful. Uh, next week, I'm going to be doing a podcast on uh, the holidays and what they can mean to us and, and how it's an opportunity to uplift and to share and to know that we can accomplish great things. And I'm going to share a story with you um, that is so near and dear to my heart, an experience I had with my first uh, sober Christmas. So uh, I hope you tune in even next week to hear that. Uh, thank you again for joining us here at Recovery Guy. Uh, if you listen to Tuesday's podcast on The Fix, it was called Finding Family. So important because we are so isolated um, when we were out there. We are alone. Even if we are in a crowded room, we are detached and alone. So today, I'm going to talk about keeping family. Keeping family. We find the family. We keep the family. That's what this is all about, right? It's not just about putting down the drink once or the or the uh, the need to throw up or the need to gamble or the need to overeat or to become angry or watch pornography, whatever whatever we're doing, we put down once. Now that we've done it once, now we need to maintain that over time. And I've learned that, you know, time, um, you know, quantity doesn't always mean quality, but quantity has a quality all of its own because of what we've been able to stay away from for consecutive periods. Now, I know, like if you caught the interview, yeah, with uh, with uh, Scott Brickner, um, you know, I did a couple segments with him when I was in California. And Scott, of course, has got over 13 years sober. And, and uh, I know people who have um, been sober uh, less than Scott and me, and certainly people, you know, older and and who've been around longer working this program for me. And again, I've shared this with you because I want you to know you can do this um, as one of my podcasts or one day at a time for the rest of your life, right? Today, 33 years, seven months, and two days, right? 33 years, seven months, and two days ago, I walked back into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous after a relapse and that is translated into, are you ready for this? This will blow you away because it blows me away every day. 12,269 days of continual recovery. Now, the only thing I've done to perfection in that time is step one, right? Uh, Pete the Greek told me that's the only step I've done to perfection. Everything else, you're going to make a mistake in. You're going to revise. You're going to see where it fits and how it works. Uh, but we're going to make mistakes along the way. But if we don't m make a mistake in understanding how powerless we are over the substance or the behavior, then we are successful. And the one thing I can state to you and claim is that to perfection for 12,269 days in a row, I have not drank. I have not used. I have not engaged in that type of destructive behavior. Now, it took me a little while to get over the gambling. It took me a little while. I was 18 months into recovery before I stopped throwing up. 
uh, that pornography came along right about the same time when I gave that up as well. So certain things began to change. But the one thing that's been constant the entire time is since April 25th of 1986, 12,269 days ago, I have not drank or used. And for that, not only am I grateful, I'm pretty amazed. And, and I hope you are too with your time. You know, we are people who would swear off in the morning and be sideways by the afternoon, right? That's how we were, right? When we went from that acute state to that chronic state and everything became so habitual. So I hope you are joining us on this recovery movement of recovery guy. So let's go back now. Let's go to keeping family. And again, huge shout out to my dear friend, Angie T. Again, thank you for Wendy for that wonderful content and information I gained from you on finding family. So Angie is going to sort of lead us on this um, keeping the family. And I'm so proud of Angie as a, as a single mom and, and uh, all the work she's doing, working in the field of recovery now, just like Wendy is. And uh, the difference that uh, these young women are making in recovery as recovery is making a difference in them. So I asked Angie uh, last night, you know, send me some ideas, send me some things that you think could be important into uh, as a piggyback to the finding the family. So here are some of the things that Angie sent me, and I sort of grouped them. I laid them out in a little bit of an order, and you can run these in any order that you want. You know, this is your program. This is your recovery. You can accept. You can reject. You can reorder. You can do whatever you want to do. This type of information you can treat like a buffet, right? You can take a little of this. You can eat a little bit more of that. You can leave that alone. I do suggest that if you are involved in a in a in a regular, successful plan of recovery, celebrate recovery, the LDS church, other religious, uh, you know, guru-led, uh, yogi-led type of uh, tried and true past, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, um, Reformers Unanimous, Narcotics Anonymous, uh, Overeaters Anonymous, whatever path you're on and doing, you know, 12 steps are going to be pretty consistent regarding uh, the 12 steps you take, but other programs uh, may not be. So I would suggest that even though you can take this, take it or leave it, because this is just my opinion and Angie's opinion, and, and it's something that works for us. Um, but uh, if you do have a particular plan that others have followed, just like in AA, it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who has followed our path, right? We have to follow the path. If we don't follow the path, we're not going to end up where we see other people ending up. I would do that. I would say, gee, how did you get there? And they said, well, I got there this way. And and I think, well, I'm going to go a different way. And I don't end up where they're at. And I'm wondering why I'm not, because I didn't follow their path, right? And so um, let's follow the path of recovery as it's outlined and do whatever you want with these things we're going to give you here. So here we go. Um, one of the things that um, uh, Angie suggested uh, that we do, and I think this is so important, uh, positive self-talk 
with affirmations. Now, remember, we're going to be talking about this in context with keeping our family. Positive self-talk with affirmations. Uh, I love that she added with affirmations because positive self-talk needs a foundation and the the affirmations are the foundations for it. It's where that positive self-talk will live and find value and and, uh, substance. The most powerful conversation you will ever have is the conversation you will have with yourself. No matter what I tell you, until you agree, it's not true. Doesn't that blow you away? The most powerful conversation you will have is the conversation you have with you. I could tell you how amazing and wonderful and fulfilling and resourceful and intelligent and beautiful and friendly and encouraging that you are to me. Until you agree, it's not true. No matter what evidence I bring to you, no matter what I bring that reinforces that message, tangible, emotional, spiritual, mental, evidence, until you say, you know what, Robert? You're right. It's not going to be true. And then the affirmations are so important because we need to continually affirm who we are as a person. I love the next one that Angie gave to me. Work through your shame. Once we set up the positive self-talk and we're beginning to see ourselves differently with those affirmations, affirming who we say we are, and we've sort of built that up, we can address our shame and begin working through it. Now, here is where working with someone else as a sounding board can help you out. You know, one of the things that I I love about uh, my Christian faith is being discipled, being able to work with someone on areas that I'm not comfortable with me in or areas where I've, I'm not who I know I ought to be or can be, and there's some shame associated with it, and I sit down and I talk with them and we talk it out or, um, you know, my therapist and me, when I, when I was in therapy, you know, we would, we would work through things um, in, in 12-step recovery, um, step five is admitted to God, to yourself, and to another human being the exact nature of your wrongs. That's working through shame. And we need to do that along the way. The next thing we need to make sure that we're doing as we're working through the shame is being gentle with yourself. Oh my goodness, how critical that is. You know, we we became our own worst critic. Even in recovery, we can become our own worst critic. 
So we need to be gentle, not just kind, but how we approach this new self. Because remember, for many of us, we're still scared. We have found this family, but we don't know if we can keep them. Because things that we had in the past, we either lost or we gave it away. They either left us or we left them. And we became our own worst critic. So we need to be gentle. We need to be caring. We need to be kind with ourselves. You know, I remember some years ago, early in recovery, I was very negative on myself. And someone challenged me and they said, if I told you the things that you told you, would you let me hang around or what would you say to me? If I told you the things that you told you or the way you told yourself those things, what would you say? And I, and I thought about it. And the answer was, I would tell you to shut up. I would tell you to stop being mean to me. I would tell you to, to be more kind, to be gentle. Why would you want to say those things to me? So if, if that is what I would tell you who would not be gentle with me, why wouldn't it be something that I would tell me? So be gentle with yourself. And these first three, I love them because we own them 100%. They, they are internal in nature and spiritual and emotional in nature. The next one is really practical. I love this. You know, Angie says to hang with people who help build you back up. Wow. You know, they told me to change old playgrounds and old playmates. And this is all part of that. Hang with people who help build you up. You know, water seeks its own level. It's a scientific principle. Misery not only loves company, but misery loves miserable company. We made sure of that when we were out there ripping and running, right? So if I'm a different kind of water, then, or I, I, I ascribe to be a higher level, then be with people who will build me up. Be with people who, who agree with my positive self-talk and my affirmations. Be with people who want to help me work through my shame to tell me I'm not that same person anymore. Be with people who would be willing to be gentle with me. Be with people who would help add to me, who would help me elevate, who would help me become more as I desire to be. And as I, as I hang with those people, I love the next thing, number five. Open emotional doors. As, I, as I'm hanging out with news, these people who can help build me up, I need to let them know who I am on the inside because I am this new person. I'm, I'm worked through the shame of the old person that I'm no longer, and I'm opening up emotional doors to allow them to come close. Of course, I'm selective 
We need to have boundaries, practical, emotional, tangible boundaries with people, right? So as I'm hanging with people who would help build me back up, I need to open up the emotional doors to them. And that leads to the next thing of becoming vulnerable is number six. I become vulnerable to an environment because I need to become part of. And if I'm not vulnerable, if I'm not opening up emotional doors, I'm not going to be a part of, I'm going to be on something, but not in something. And as I become more vulnerable with people and circumstances and situations, I'm making new connections. So that's number seven, make connections with people. We were so superficial because feeling hurt too much. Because when I felt, I faced the reality of who I'd become and all the people that uh, I had disappointed along the way. So I stopped making connections and I severed connections that I had. So I'm making connections with people as part of this new me. Another way to keep family is be accepting, in number eight, be accepting of love from new family as well as family we left behind. I need to accept, as I'm making a connection with them, I'm accepting what they're offering. And because I've opened emotional doors and I've become vulnerable and I've decided that these are people who can help build me back up, I begin to accept what they have to offer. From that new family I found on my recovery road, that journey, and as I'm reconnecting with family that no longer consider me the empty the enemy, or no longer consider me a person that they can't do anything with, that they're at a loss to help. Here's the next one. And and I think we can insert this one along the way. But I added this as number nine. Give yourself time to undo the damage we did. Give yourself time to undo the damage we did. My life didn't become a wreck in a vacuum. It occurred over time. I started detaching when I was 14 years old after my first drink. And I walked into the rooms of recovery when I was 32 years old. That was 18 years of being damaged and causing damage. Actually, I was a little damaged before I got there, but you know what I mean. There was a lot of damage that was done as I was disconnecting emotionally and spiritually and mentally and ultimately physically from family and people that I loved and cared for and people who loved and cared for me. But I need to give myself time. I I didn't get sick and dissociated overnight, and I'm not going to get well overnight. I'm not going to undo all the damage that I did. That would be impossible. How could I go back and expect the daughters that I walked out on to forgive me in an instant? It, 
it's taken time and I need to give them time and I, and I need to accept my time as I grow and change, as they grow and change. And, and trust is restored and, and developed and processed and, and, and watered and cultivated and grown. Give yourself time to undo the damage that we did. And I think we have a formula here. I, I talked to you to the, about the ways of finding family, and I think these are great ways. Positive self-talk with affirmation. Work through your shame. Be gentle with yourself. Hang with people who help build you back up. Open emotional doors. Become vulnerable. Make connections with people. Be accepting of love from new family as well as family we left behind. Give yourself time to undo the damage we did. I think that if you do these things, I've done these things, maybe not in this order, but over time, and I still do many of them. I'm still doing number one. I'm still doing number four. I'm still, as as other shame would come up, most of it's uh, uncovered and gone by now. And, you know, as Will says, uh, you know, it says clear away the wreckage of your past. Well, Will taught me uh, uh, to clear away the wreckage of my present so it doesn't become the wreckage of my past. So so there's a lot of these things I, I just need to maintain. But I'm always looking to make new connections with people or deeper connections with people that I already have a connection with. I'm still giving myself time. I'm still learning to be accepting. I continue to hang with people who help build me up. So this is a life process. We just don't do these once and and leave them behind because I'm always looking for ways to not only keep my family, but, but to deepen the love, the unity that I have with them. So Monday, the fix was finding family. Thursday, the checkup is keeping family. Thank you for joining the Recovery Guy today. Thank you for sharing these moments with us and this this recovery movement. Just like uh, uh, Mr. Denning and Stephen Covey and others with the quality movement, we're calling this the recovery movement because it is. And we want you to join us. So we... When you listen to the podcast, when you go to recoveryguy.org, would you would you subscribe? Would you share? Would you would you comment? Let us know how you're doing. Because we want to make a difference in your life, just as you, the listener, are making a difference in our life. And I guarantee you the commitment that JJ uh, John Barker and I have for you is without measure and without end. Thank you for joining the Recovery Guy. Thank you for being a part of this movement. Thank you for helping me find family. Thank you for helping me keep family. Thank you for everything that you do so I can give back in return. 
Again, my name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. I was trying to do everything.